tonight to get a fresh drink. Presence of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so glad we can have church tonight. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. Certainly a privilege for us, isn't it, to be able to be gathered together, not under the auspices of some denomination or some cult gathering, but the presence of Almighty God Himself. Amen. Let's turn, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. We're speaking about getting in the Spirit. Everybody's going to get into something, aren't they? Spirit of the world, spirit of rock and roll, spirit of worldliness, spirit of churchanity, spirit of the Pope, spirit of the Antichrist, spirit of God. If I've got a choice, I choose Him. Let's read together. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. Now remember I told you last week that somebody had taken it upon themselves in this first century to write a letter to the church of the Thessalonians, Thessalonica. And they wrote it filled with false doctrine, but they signed it as if though it was from Paul. So they tore the people all up and the people were looking around and they were seeing um, some of the saints being killed. They were seeing all kinds of things going on. And this person, whoever it was, believed that the tribulation period was going on. So they knew they didn't have a voice. So they wanted to use Paul's name. That's where all the folks, the preachers and the message are. They really don't have a voice. Nobody won't listen to them. So you know what they do? They get quotes together with Brother Bram's name on them. And then they try to prove their agenda with that. But Paul said, don't be shaken by spirit or by word or even if it was a letter as from us. Now you'd think anybody with the Holy Ghost had been able to read that letter and be able to know the difference between the penmanship of the author. But keep in mind, they didn't have iPads and iBooks and computers and all that where they could cross-reference each one of these books. The church in Thessalonica might have read their letter and occasionally they might have read a Corinthian letter. But think of it, they did not have all the Old Testament And they certainly did not have all the new. We're blessed. 
to be able to, somebody comes up preaching something, we can just type it in and say, okay, does that, is that run in, in continuity now? Or is this just, you know, something that's a little bit different? But they didn't have that. Now listen, he said, to be not troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand which is what they was telling them. It's here. It's here. The tribulation's in. It's going right on. And, and the poor saints were tore all to pieces. Let no man deceive you by any means. Now here he gives us one of the first and greatest signs. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. How many would like to be remembered tonight before the Lord as we pray? Amen. Let's just bow our heads together if you would. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we love you so much tonight. We thank you for coming to this earth, Lord, to take our sin upon yourself. Thank you for raising your body from the dead. Thank you for coming back on the day of Pentecost in the form of the Holy Ghost to give birth to more of the attributes of God. We thank you, Lord, that we're living in the end time when the attribute of the fullness of God has been restored. We thank you that the Alpha has become the Omega. We're grateful to be a part of what you're doing in this last day. It's not without difficulty. It's not without stress and strain. But Lord, in reality, we know that's always been the way of your people. Your people know that the way before them is not the broad way. It is not the way that everyone will go. It's not the way that everyone will love. But it is the way of the chosen few. And Father, we are so glad that we understand it was not us that chose you, but it was you that chose us. No doubt if you would have left it up to us and our humanity, we would have regretted at times our choice. So you overrode that and you made it in such a way that even when we would get down and weary and discouraged, if we would keep election before us, we would know. It was not us that chose this way. It was not us that chose you. It was us simply responding to your choice. You chose us before the world began. And we are so grateful for that tonight, Father. Lord God, you see the needs of your people. Lord, you see this handkerchief that I have in my hand that I want to preach with tonight. Sister Martha Sacker's aunt facing surgery, Lord, colon surgery, God, we're asking for your mercy. You see, Lord, she's up in years. May the Spirit of God, I pray, be mindful of her, Lord. Father, we pray for all the needs of your children tonight. God, I pray that you'd be mindful of Brother Tim and their church there. You see, Lord, uh, another outbreak of the COVID among them and with the COVID and those that are sick with the flu. He told me today about 30 people that are sick, God, we pray for your mercy, that you'd be with them. Not only there, but Lord, different ones around the world. Father, hearing from South Africa again today, Lord, and, 
Even though their numbers are better, the government's still not letting them have church like they would like to have it. Father, please move for your people, I pray. Help us, O God. Speak to us tonight from your word, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Paul uses an astounding term here in 2 Thessalonians 2.3. And that is he describes Satan the way he's going to be revealed in the last day. And he calls him the son of perdition. It's a strange way that he would address this. Now, we would think, well, the son of Don and Betty Reagan and the son of whatever your mother and father's name is and your mother and father and yours and yours and yours. Why are we calling a person the son of perdition? What kind of parent would perdition be? What kind of upbringing would a child of perdition have? Paul, we know, was not the first one to coin this phrase. But read with me in St. John 17, 12. The Lord Jesus in his great uh, time of expressing the intimate fellowship with the chosen disciples. And St. John 17, it's this beautiful, beautiful passage. But he says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost but the son of perdition. That the scripture might be fulfilled. So here, the Lord Jesus is not implying that Judas was actually elect and Jesus did not have power to keep him. But rather, Judas was given to Jesus in an external way. He was never a sheep. He was never given to him from the very heart of God. Only for a temporal giving was Judas ever given. Sort of like the whosoever will group, if you will. So the word perdition actually comes from, I found this amazing as I was studying the the words of it. The word perdition is from the same root word as the word lost. So he was a son of lost. He was not a son of ever truly ever being found. But he was a son of being forever lost. Or a son of perdition. Now, you know, it would seem to the carnal mind, and many would read this and think that perdition would have power 
over the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus was given all 12 of these on the same basis, but he could not keep one of them. But when you look at it actually in the way that he said it and the way that it's written, he was not saying that they were all given in the same measure with the same degree of love. And there's actually two laws, one contrasting the other in this St. John 17, 12. And is one that is showing the keeping power of the shepherd to keep sheep, but also showing that the shepherd will not exert power to keep a devil. Nor will he claim a devil as his own. He goes on to say that this, this one must betray him. And woe be to that one, he said, for it would have been better for this man had he never been born. So in reality, we're looking at two principles. One is saved and the other one is lost. So when was the lost category lost? <laughs> when was the saved category saved or found? Before the foundation of the world. Now, you know, the Lord Jesus, it's strange that he would bring this in. And for centuries, this verse has been looked at. And for those who do not believe in election, many love to go to this verse and try to make it sound as if though one that is given to the Lord Jesus can actually be lost away from him. Oh, but it would be so unbecoming to God's justice and judgment to give one of his own eternal flock into the care of the shepherd and the shepherd not have power to be able to sustain and keep him. But if one was given to the shepherd for a temporal use or for a season of time by which they would fall into a category as it would be of Pharaoh, for this same purpose have I raised thee up that my power might be expressed in thee. Vessels of dishonor fitted to destruction. Now you see, it was given to the Lord Jesus in a nominal sense. Watch what he's doing. He's foreshadowing every church member that will come now for the seven consecutive ages down through a span of 2,000 years. He's showing and typing by Judas everyone that will embrace him for a time, everyone that will come to his knowledge, to his gospel, to his saving power for a season. They of their own accord will turn and go away, but they were never sheep to begin with. For you see, it is the exact opposite of what the Lord Jesus is conveying in St. John 17, 12, and that is the perseverance or the saving power of the shepherd to save his sheep. Notice this again 
He says, while I was with him in the world, I have kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition. Look at this Greek word. It means destruction, waste, damnable, pernicious, destroying, or utter destruction. So what would it be to be a child of damnation? A child of utter destruction. So that means your parentage or your seed line is pernicious. Your seed line is damnable. Your genealogy, your DNA, as it were. Now, not naturally speaking. He's not even speaking about the Iscariot line. Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. So no doubt there were sage people that come from that natural lineage. But the Lord Jesus is not damning all of Judas' predecessors or those who come from that line, naturally. But Judas come from another sphere. When the Lord Jesus heard the cry of the thief on the cross, and the prophet tells us many people only see three crosses, but actually there were four. And he said, Judas hanged himself on the sycamore tree. And Judas died and went to his own place. And he took with him the unrepentant thief. So here is Satan incarnate taking the unrepentant thief to hell. Here is Jesus, the Son of God, taking with him the repentant thief to paradise. So one was, you would think now, think of it, if the gospel writers had not written to us of the story of the man on the cross, and we simply heard of this guy, and we knew about him, and we knew what kind of life that he'd lived, and he had a terrible reputation. He was a thief, he was a robber, and no doubt the people of the city had heard about him. But let's say, for instance, let's travel back for a moment, if you can, if you will, with me. And if it was not for the gospel writers that had written about him being converted, the last few moments of his life, But all you and I heard was that this thief had died on the cross. And according to the scribes, the Pharisees, the Essenes, the Herodians, he split hell wide open. He was rotten, he was low down, he was a thief, he was a robber. But according to the the tellers of the story of the gospel, he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus just a few moments before he died. But if you didn't believe Jesus, more than likely you wouldn't have believed them guys. So as far as you were concerned, he was in hell. But actually he was in paradise. Now, the Lord Jesus was the incarnation of God. Satan was the incarnation work in Judas, which had formerly been a message preacher. So Judas actually gave his heart. Listen, Judas gave his heart, which started with a conception 
that it began in his mind. Now remember, God did not make him do this. God could not make him as a mortal do this without giving him a chance and judge him and send him to hell. He had to have a choice. But Jesus knew what that choice would be. So notice then the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled or the son of destruction, the son of damnable, the son of pernicious destroying or the son of utter destruction. So perdition or destruction. Now this, I know you may not know it, but this is a similar word to the name that is found written in the book of Revelation. And it was the prince out of hell, Apollyon. You remember reading that in the book of Revelation? Apollyon or Abaddon was his name. Now this is what this means in the book of Revelation. Or the angel that will be released under the anointing of the last days because it is an angel of destruction. Now keep in your mind that Judas is working under the spirit of his parentage. So he's working under a spirit of destruction. So watch now how that when many people leave this word, watch what they get under. They get under a spirit of destruction. To destroy the Catholic church, nope. To destroy the Methodist church, nope. To destroy the Amish, the Mennonite, the Hutterite, to destroy the Seventh-day Adventists? Nope. They move under the parentage of their soul. The spirit of destruction. And what are they out to destroy? The message. The messenger. You, me, our church. Now notice Judas is not just aimed at destroying the Lord Jesus. I hope I don't go over your head. But Judas has now moved under something that is beyond himself. Judas would not have known this by himself. He could not have. He could not have understood this by himself. But once Satan entered into him. Now notice the devil himself, Satan actually become personified in his son of perdition because he's mimicking God. God is in his son, Satan is in his son. Now, it was not his son in the way that Cain was, but he became his son in so much that Satan put something in his mind, then it went into his heart, and then according to John, when he dipped in the sop, then Satan entered into him, which would have been his soul. So the steps come from the mind into the heart, then it opens up the doorway for the impersonation or the incarnation into the soul. Once it comes into the soul, he is now, listen carefully, he is now immersed, or can I say it this way? He is now baptized, as it were, into a realm of supernatural that few people will ever walk. But it is in the realm of supernatural darkness. He will be included in a plan which will be set out to destroy 
the Lord Jesus. But I hope you understand, he was not just trying to destroy the Lord Jesus. Satan did not fully understand the plan of God. But as it went along, he knew he'd come to a spot to realize the Lord Jesus is somehow affiliated, associated as the Redeemer. He does not fully understand what's going on. And Satan is not, oh Lord, not only trying to stop the Lord Jesus, he wants to destroy the entire human race. Somehow, hey, he got a little bit of enough understanding to see the Lord Jesus is not here just for himself. He's not here just for the Jewish race. He kept hearing him say, if, if, if this world was my kingdom, my subjects would fight. This, this world is not my kingdom. I've come to do this. And Satan kept listening and listening and listening. He said, what is this man saying? What is he doing? What is he here for? And he began to realize this is bigger than the Jews. This is bigger than just Israel. This is bigger. And Satan began to think, what must I do? I've got to step in and stop. If I can stop him, the entire human race will perish. Lord God. Luke chapter 22, verse 2. And the chief priests and scribes saw how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the 12. Now I want you to notice, it is when the council is gathered together. While the council of the Sanhedrin is joined together, Satan enters Judas. The son of perdition comes to his full fruition Whenever the gathering is gathered together against the elect. Can't you see why Paul used this word pointing to the very end time when the son of perdition will gather his people together again? Oh my. Whenever the head demon will get inside the pope because Satan will be in heaven until the bride goes up. And when the bride goes up, he comes down. Is that right? But there is always an entrance when we come to a dispensational change, both from God and from Satan. Watch this. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot. So Christ is now become the incarnate God, of course, God living inside of him. And Satan somehow broke into this understanding. Watch this in Luke 22, four. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. Now watch when a satanic anointing is already been preparing Judas' mind, Judas' heart, but now that the incarnation has taken place, there's like an enlightenment that actually begins to lead Judas in a supernatural way. 
So he did not, he was not there when the Sanhedrin met. He was not there to know exactly what was going on. But here they were meeting over here and Judas was over here and something began to lead him directly to them in order to set in motion his parentage, perdition, damnation, destruction. Oh my. Notice St. John 13, 26. And Jesus answered, he it is to whom? Now remember John had asked, and Jesus had said this, that one of you is gonna betray me. And Peter reached over to John because John was sitting on one side of Jesus and Judas was sitting on the other. And Peter wasn't even the right-hand man nor the left-hand man. He was second on down and the rest of them. So he leans over to John and said, ask him who it is. And Jesus, these words are being answered now to John. He it is to whom I shall give a sop. Now the sop was a morsel of bread. Sometimes it would be a piece of meat. And they ate with their hands. They did not use knives and forks in the sense that we do. But they would do with their hands. So they would have gravy or sometimes it would be wine. It would be a bowl of whatever sitting there. And they would break off the bread or if the meat was dry, they would take a portion, a morsel of the meat and dip it down in there so it was like bowls that would have been set out. So John said, Lord, who is it? And Jesus says, to whom I shall give a sop. Now remember, this is not actually the full-fledged communion yet. But this is eating supper. This is the Passover supper. So Jesus tells John, it's him to whom I'll give the salt when I have dipped it. When he had dipped the salt, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the salt, Satan entered into him. Can you imagine sitting in church as it was? Right before foot washing, right before communion, and the devil enters into a person's body. I'll tell you, friends, it's a serious thing when we come to the house of God. Now here they are gathered in the presence of the Lord Jesus knowing this is the last hour. Because you see, Satan cannot do what he wants to do because he wants to be so close to God and mimic God's way to him, to his mentality, to his being and the way he looks at it. It would have not been the same had he just anointed Judas from an external force, an external power, an external power. It would not have been the same. Just move on Judas's mind, move on Judas's heart. No, to him, he would have to become incarnate himself in order to meet and battle the incarnate God. Lord, children, can't you see why demon possession is going to get worse before we leave this place in a rapture? 
Can't you see why demonology will be on a rage before we leave this place in a rapture? Because Satan has been able to recognize there's a people on the earth that are more than just people. They've got God living inside of them. They are not just church members. They're not just people that are sitting around quoting Brother Branham or quoting the Bible or have some church membership somewhere, but it's actually deity inside of their bodies. Oh my. So how will Satan want to meet them in the same way he met the Lord Jesus? After the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that that thou doest, do quickly. I want you to notice how this succession moves in. You know, now it comes in with a more decided purpose, which is very, very quick. Now, what's the response? What's this in St. John 13, 2, prior to this? And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. Now watch, here just a few verses prior to this, whenever John looks back in retrospect and he sees that already Satan has done it. So you see, Satan had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. But Satan had not yet entered into him in order to carry it out himself. Can't you see? Satan wanted to do this himself. Lord God, children, whatever you do, don't walk away from this word. I'll tell you before it happens, there will be some who sit around this word that when they leave, they will become the very houses by which demons will personify in their bodies and use them to persecute the elect. For Satan is not just going to put in their mind to do it. He will send his demons. He will send a charge, a legion from hell to persecute God's men who are preaching this word and persecute God's saints. And who will many of them be? The Judases of the message. Lord Jesus, hide me, Lord God. Supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. But even though it was in his mind, his heart, and we know the way that the seed is sown, that it comes into the mind. That's the way it attacked Eve in the Garden of Eden first, that it began with a thought in her mind. And as long as it stayed there, it could never damage her. But when she took the thought from her mind, placed it down into her heart, and gave it a womb by which it could conceive, because the prophet preaches to us in spoken words, original seed, that there's actually two wombs. And the one, of course, the soul, the other of the mind, by which it brought from the mind down into the very heart. And then after it was placed in his heart, there it was in his mind first, thinking about it. I don't know, I, you know, I don't know about this Jesus. Maybe maybe I'm caught up in a cult I really don't understand what's going on but then Satan moved into the next step having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot but that was not enough he wanted to move even farther and have another son 
He saw what he was able to do in the Garden of Eden and what he was able to accomplish, Lord Jesus, whenever he also moved on another one, which was his son, which was the first son of perdition or the son of destruction. And what did he do? Did he go his way and say, well, Abel, I don't agree with you and you know, we're brothers? Oh no, he wanted to destroy him. First son of perdition. So here Satan now is looking for the opportunity. He wants to look God incarnate in the face. He wants to laugh, ridicule, make fun of him. Lord Jesus, help us. What is it, friends? Folks getting into the spirit. Oh my, it's one thing when we get into the spirit. It's another thing when spirits get into us. Notice this now, it is more decided. The time is short and it is coming down to the finale. And supper being into the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now, with that in mind, let us run the parallel now back to 2 Thessalonians again, 2 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin, the son of perdition, the man of sin be revealed, or the cover taken off of him. The son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshiped, so that he as God, can't you see what the son of perdition is going to do? He's going to move in that spot. I cannot imagine in my mind when Satan was able to sell the Lord Jesus. You say Satan, yes. It was Satan in Judas that sold the Lord Jesus. So as it will be Satan and some of those that have said around this word that will sell us out. But what I find so amazing is, is when Satan accomplished his work, as he always does, he talks you into the robbing the bank and then call the cops on you while you're robbing it. Then Judas, Brother Dave, must have come to himself and he said, I have betrayed innocent blood. What happened to this incarnate devil, this Satan himself? after he accomplished what he wanted to do. So Satan actually able to sell the Lord Jesus, Satan able to do this in a human body and then he steps out of this human body and lets the human body as he did the serpent bear the judgment. Now the serpent you see somehow must have had enough of a wit about him to be able to make some sort of choice. We know that he did not have a soul. But he had to make some sort of choice. Had he been a dog or a cat or a horse or a mule then he could not have had anything taken away from him. You know, if Satan would have stepped into a cow, stepped into a gorilla, stepped into a monkey, they ain't got the ability to choose right from wrong, but somehow the serpent did because God come to him and said, what have you done? You know, what have you done this and that and the other? And God condemned him, which shows he had something to do or say in the way he acted about this incarnation. You understand? Children, can't you see what's gonna happen in the last days? It will be the greatest incarnation of demonic power 
that the world has ever known. It will be on the scene of the message. It will be on the scene of Catholicism. It will be on the scene of a democracy. It will be on the scene all around the world. It has never been such a time before that demons will take over human bodies. The presidents, the premiers, the prime minister, the senators, the congress, the pastors, the evangelists. Lord God. Hide me, Lord Jesus. But this is his finale. Paul says, he will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God, or that is worshiped, so that he as God, set us in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was with you, yet with you I told you these things, and now you know what was holdeth, that he might be revealed in his time, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. For he who now let us will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked. What a strange term to use to call an individual. It's the Greek word animos, which means without law, lawless. Don't you see why people want to get rid of the police force? Don't you see why people want to run their own cities and, and why they've let Portland go on for all these months and letting them do this and that and the other? Come on now, saints. Don't sit there and look at me goo-goo-eyed. What is it? They're getting under the spirit of lawlessness. Even some of the articles I told you that I've been reading about, they've been using this word over and over again. And many police people are trying to warn them, can't you see what we're doing? Of course, finally this past week, some of them come to their senses after they had the increase up in Minneapolis and around. They had such an increase and then robberies and all sorts of things going on. Now some of them poor crazy people that wanted to defund the police are now saying, please, 911, send us police out here. They say, we can't send them because you wanted to get rid of them. Duh. What do you figure when you take the police force out? Who's going to rule on the streets? Vigilantes, groups, all kinds of people that'll be slitting their throats. Why? It is people getting under the spirit of the devil, under the name of democracy. That's democracy like I'm a hog. It's demons. Oh my, then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So the lawless one, all right. So if this is what the ruler is gonna be like, can you imagine what the people are like? You understand why the people are being this way? Because a lot of the mayors, a lot of the governors are the ones that's out there marching with all these nitwits. Amen. They're out there marching with them. Amen. Oh, freedom, freedom, freedom. That ain't freedom. 
They're destroying the Constitution. They're destroying our right. Come on now, saints, don't get quiet on me. What is it? It's the spirit of lawlessness. It's only going to get worse and worse, but it means the coming of the Lord Jesus is closer than perhaps we think. Notice this, without law, without law, lawless, wicked, free from law, not subject to the law. So here look at the name that Paul identifies this person that will be revealed. Well, what's his kingdom gonna be? Lawless, without the law. Of course, except for certain people. And them they will hunt down like dogs. Not the bride, the foolish virgin. Oh, they'll be free from law, all right. But those who still try to live right during that time, and that 144,000 and Moses and Elijah, we'll find out if they have law or not. Well, praise the Lord. It'll be those who are free from law that go along with the wicked. Personification of Satan himself. What a way to frame him. You couldn't describe him no better. The wicked. The lawless one who sets himself above the law of God. He sets himself above the constitution, above the courts of the land, and he will be the law. Oh my, praise the Lord. Then shall that wicked be revealed. Oh my, but I love the way Paul shows him. This powerful person, this great, great person who exalts himself above all that is God and all that is called God, and he will be destroyed by the puff of the master's mouth. It won't take a hundred million soldiers. It won't take atomic bombs, but just by the spirit of his mouth. Amen. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. Now what's amazing to me is that out of the spirit of his mouth was the way I was born again. Out of the spirit of his mouth was the way you got born again, but it's the way the wicked will be destroyed. So you see, it depends on what your parented is, how the word comes out of his mouth and it gives you a new birth and it destroys him. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Antichrist will control every human on the face of the earth and those he cannot control, he will destroy. But he cannot control the Lord Jesus. So the glorified Lord Jesus will be breathing fire. And all it'll be is one little lick out of his mouth. (laughs) Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. Listen to this, friends. With all power and signs and lying wonders. 
Now, there's a couple of different Greek words that are used in the New Testament whenever we talk about coming. It's the same thought about the Lord Jesus, that the Lord Jesus coming. One of them is a visible appearance, a corporal appearance. Another one is the Greek word, which has been abused, really, but it's still the truth, a parousia, a perusia. And that is a presence coming. (laughs) So it's not really the corporal body of the individual, but it is a presence coming. So it is a personal presence. So here when Paul writes this, even him whose parousia is after the working of Satan. So it will be, Satan is not a man in the sense of having flesh and bones like I do or you do. But he is a spiritual, supernatural being. Satan could not father Cain physically, but he had to do it vicariously. Praise the Lord. God could not die, God in spirit form. But God had to bring forth a creation of himself and call it sonship in order to bring us back. Satan could not come himself because he could sit on the throne and nobody could see him. So what does he come in? The form of sonship, son of perdition. But what was Jesus? The son of truth, amen. The son of perdition is the son of destruction, son of devastation, son of perdition, son of error. What is the Lord Jesus? The way, the truth, the life, the son of God, the son of life, the son of man. Praise the Lord. So what is Satan doing? Don't you see what he's doing? He's trying to impersonate God all the way down. Well, how come there ain't three devils then? How come there's not three Satans? So if he's been before the throne of God and he's seen an old man sitting there and he's seen a young man sitting there and he's seen some other kind of man sitting over there, then you'd think everywhere you see the devil, you'd see three of him. But you don't. You only see one. But you do see how he reveals himself in three stages of his ministry, though it's the same one. Why? He mimics God. Now, he convinces the majority of Christianity that there is a trinity, but he's a oneness man himself. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Can't you imagine how angry he must have got when the light broke at the beginning of the Laodicean age that there wasn't three gods and there wasn't two gods. There was only one God manifested in three different offices. Oh, it must have tore hell up. And that's why Satan wants to bring that old two God thing and that old two Lord thing right back inside our message again. I've got news for you, devil. You're not bringing it back to the bride. We ain't got two Lords. We ain't got two gods. We've got one God. If thou doest well, if thou believest in one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Notice, you may wonder how in the world will he be able to convince the people of the world Lying wonders and signs. 
You see, it will be certain Satan's parousia. I don't want to get too much tonight because I don't want to rob you of your sleep. But if you ever study much on idolatry and witchcraft, it's quite amazing what some of those people can do. Remember Brother Branham going into the camp the one time when he sneaked in and he was watching them and they would braise up that table? Cause it right up to suspend. and Oh, they said, you're a preacher. You got all kinds of power to do this and other. Come over here and make it down. They tried to pull it down, pull it down, suspended, hanging up in midair. He said, I rebuke you in the name of the Holy Church. I rebuke you in the name of this and that and the other. And then finally he said, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the table fell down out of the air and the legs nearly fell off of it. You see, when Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, they were able to impersonate and actually do many of the same miracles. That's why I say, friend, we believe in miracles and we believe in signs, but that is not the only thing I look for. If you do, you're going to be hurting in the last days. Because Satan has the ability. Remember when they threw down their rods and they become serpents, right? Whenever Moses would call for a plague, they'd call for a plague. But there's certain ones they could not call for and they witnessed that it was supernatural. But that would be enough for many to be convinced them guys was as right as Moses was. You imagine when Satan takes on again flesh. And the Pope himself will be so supernatural. Who knows what he'll do? Walk on water, multiply fish, loaves. Who knows what he'll do? But there will be such a power given to the beast. Signs, lying wonders will be performed. Well, praise the Lord. Notice the way that Paul says this, even him, even him whose parousia is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now, it will be an endowment of the rebel. It will be an endowment of the lawless one. So he will begin to display to the world some type of supernatural sign. So the first endowment of power will be involved with the personage of Satan himself. So he will be what Brother Branham called in the seals, Satan's Superman. You see, television is already preparing the minds of the people for that type of an individual. Superman, Batman, they can fly, they can do all these sorts of things. Wonder where all that stuff comes from. Somebody that can step into a phone book and eat Krypton to, you know, whatever more they do and do this and that and the other. Well, let me tell you something. One of these days, it won't be too far from that, that there will be someone that will start displaying such power and it will have absolutely worldwide audience. It will be over the internet whenever he does these signs and wonders and whatever supernatural that, that will be allowed to happen. And remember, it will be Satan again. It was not needed in Judas. 
It was not needed in Judah's part of his ministry, but it will be needed in this last one. It will be such an endowment of power that people will be willing, even Jews will be willing to follow this as the Messiah himself. For he will impersonate himself as the son of David. Now this is what they were looking for 2,000 years ago, that he will be a mighty general. And they, the image, oh my, the image will say about the beast, who can make war with the beast? He's got such power that he speaks and stops wars. The image will say that. Lord God. You see, when Satan, his parousia, embodies this man, it will make him so supernatural with such an endowment, it'll be unlike anything the world has ever seen before in the realm of demons. As I mentioned to you last week, I'm totally convinced Hitler, Eichmann, many of those people were demon-possessed. Not just them, but of course, many ones that have come down through time. The inspiration that they got, look at this Apollyon and Abaddon that was on the Third Reich, the regime of the Germans. To what? Destroy. And what did they do? Destroyed a third of the Jews on the earth. Think of it, friends, if they would do that against them, why don't they do it tonight? Because he that now led us will led until he be taken out of the way. Don't you know that the devil hates the ministry and the saints of God that are following the light of this day? Oh, if he could, he would kill every one of us. He would do this and that and the other, but ha ha, let me laugh in his face and tell him he can't do one thing until our papa says it's time. That's exactly right. He will have such power Such miraculous. Now with all of this power and signs, Satan will give the Antichrist power to work, lying signs and wonders. But it will be to deceive. This is what it's for. The Antichrist will have a power beyond the human element. It will not be able to be explained. It will appear as miracles. It will be so phenomenal that the world will be captivated by this individual. So for those of you who think the world is gonna totally get to a place that they're gonna be anti-God and anti-religion, I hate to let the air out of your balloon, but here it goes. If the world is going to turn into anti-God and anti-religion, how will they ever accept an anti-Christ as their Messiah? You see, this endowment of power will involve deception. This is the reason that it's coming, is to deceive. Lying wonders 
was what Paul called it, lying wonders, all power and signs and lying wonders, actions which will amaze people, but part of them will actually be lying works. Mm-hmm. You see, there are certain things Satan cannot do. It is a hallmark of his work anytime you see deceit. God never sends miracles and then sends a deceiving message behind it. Amen. It's always the truth. Amen. Right. For they will not have the majority of the world. Now, of course, the light will be taken from the earth. And the majority of the world will no longer have one speck of spiritual discernment. Notice this in 2 Thessalonians 2.10. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that... Ah... Oh. Same word as their master. Perish. Deception, deceiving. Here is the master and his family. And listen why. Because they received not. Notice he does not say they didn't receive the truth but they did not receive the love of the truth. We say it all the time, oh, thank God, thank God was able to receive the truth. I understand where you're coming from, but to me, there's a greater understanding of that. I'm glad I didn't just receive the truth, I received the love of it. Because when it's all said and done, there'll be millions of people that have received the truth on down through time, but they never got the love of it. And if you only get the truth and don't get the love of it, you can walk away from it. But if you get the love of it, it is the love of your life. It is the love of your soul. It is who you are. Amen. Notice how he phrased this, that they receive not the love of the truth. So the apostle gives the reason that they are deceived. It is not because God is a mean God. It's not because God is a hateful God and God wanted them all to go to hell. Nope, they did not receive the love of the truth. Oh my, I want you to notice what category though that these people fit into. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they... Ah... So they might be saved, but the other half of that is they might not. I'm glad I ain't might or might not. I'm glad I am one of those that's going to be saved. They might be saved. This is not elect. Who is it? Whosoever will. They might be saved if they want to. Sure, come on, you can take of the water of life freely. You'll not be Rebecca that'll be joined into Isaac and going to his mother's tent, but you can be one of those maidens that follow along and you'll hear the stories and you'll drink the water from the rock and you'll be fed this and that and the other. You'll never go into the tent, but you'll be saved, Cain. Come on and worship like your brother does and you'll be accepted. Friends, don't you understand where many of the folks who pulled away from the message fit? They are the Cain and the type. They would have been accepted. Were they bride? No. It's proof they were not bride. 
But they would have at least been accepted to walk along and done the very best they could and lived in the very best light and the very best place they could live and God would have accepted them. God told Cain plainly, if thou doest well, wilt thou not be accepted? I will accept you, but just do what your brother done. Well, why didn't God give him the revelation himself? He was not kin to him. He was not an heir of revelation. So God said, all right, I understand that. This is my son. Abel was my son. But you are not my son, but if you will just do it as best as you can and go right along and worship like your brother, you mean I've got to wear a skirt? You mean I can't cut my hair? I've got to do this and that and the other. I will not do it. I'll go to the church and let me do it, and I'll blast that bunch of man followers in that cult. You're doing the worst thing you can do. You're only turning up the thermostat in hell for your hide. If I was you, I'd back off. Woo! Notice this, that they might be saved. And for this cause, because they chose error, God shall send them strong delusion. This is an amazing word that Paul uses here. The Greek word there being strong It means the energy of deceit. The energy of deceit. The same expression as is applied to the operation of the Holy Ghost on the saints. So they don't just get deceived and just, well, whatever, you know, whatever. But they actually, when they enter into this state, they actually get such an energy, such a strength. They get on fire. Of hell, of course. Energy of deceit, the same expression as applies to the Holy Ghost operation in believers. Powerful or effectual, energizing. Energizing. Dear God, that they should believe a lie. When Brother Branham reads this, he says it this way, that they should believe the lie, the same one he told Eve. You see, their minds become open to all manner of falsehood and delusion once they turn away. This is the consequence of their error. I hope you understand me. For many of them, at the moment of their rebellion. At the moment of their rebellion. They're sealed. Souls in prison. This is one reason that some will never get away from the message. You look on some of these anti-message websites... They actually mention the name William Branham more than we do on ours. They study the message as much as some message preachers do. But they study it to find human error, fault, whatever they're looking for. They'll never be free from it. Some of you hearing my voice, oh, I know you hate it. I know you hate these Wednesday night services and you really like to listen to them, don't you? My voice will haunt you in hell. 
Why don't you leave us alone? You can't. You're sealed. You're a soul in prison. Do you honestly think we think about you? Do you honestly think we go to your website and listen to you? Do you honestly think that we live about you and we are concerned about you and we talk about you? Think again. We have too many good things to think about. But why can you not get away from us? Why can you not get away from Happy Valley's website? Why can you not get away from Brother Tim Pruitt's website and these other brothers' website? You're held captive. Your soul is held in chains of darkness. And God locked you at the gate of Eden. You'll jerk and you'll pull and you'll try to get away. But you'll never leave. Because the moment the rebellion was conceived in your soul, the lid was closed on your soul. And the delusion of darkness so moved you into that room. Sure, Saturn, laugh at me right now while I'm preaching it. Notice this. You see, the delusion is because of an inherent choice. This powerful judgment from God is justice because of these individuals' choice. Paul says that they might, that they all might be damned. But because they're whosoever will, they don't have to be. They might not as well. Notice how he deals with this category of people. That they might be saved and that they might be damned. Who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You see, their condemnation was the effect of their refusal to accept God's truth. Oh, children. Why? They did not love the truth, but they loved their sins. Paul goes on to say, who believed not the truth, the gospel that was set forward. So they were righteously given up, righteously given up by God to a reprobate state. I don't care how much you've messed up. I don't care how many times you fail. If the Spirit of God still deals with you, heart, you ought to be one of the happiest people that's left on the face of the earth. You may say, Brother Donnie, I've made so many mistakes. I've done this and that and the other. I understand, friend. I understand. I'm probably messed up as much as any child that God's got. But I'm so glad when I mess up, my father wears me out. But he also has a way of reconciliation back for me. Aren't you glad? Amen. Why? Because I am one of his. I may fall. I may fall again and again and again. But because I am a child, God deals with me and offers me mercy. Oh, thank God tonight for the mercy that is given to the people of God. You imagine Jacob being the type of man that he was. Little down rotten scoundrel as we'd say, but why didn't God get rid of him and say, I'll choose your brother. He's a much better man than you because God saw what Jacob could be. If God could ever get Jacob to a real experience and a real wrestling match with Adonai, he would come out of that Olympian prince and he would be changed by the power of God so can we be 
Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let me give you just a little something here and you <clears throat> kind of be reading for it. Lord willing for next, next Wednesday. Revelation 13, 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? And who is able to make war with him? Now I want you to notice, it's Satan using someone on the earth. So there was a, a deadly wound on this beast, which is a power, which of course was Rome. And all the world wondered after this beast, whenever it got this deadly wound, when pagan Rome was slaughtered in a sense and raised or healed to papal Rome. And they worshiped the dragon. So who was the dragon? Satan. Which gave power unto the beast. So Satan gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast. So they worshiped Satan and they worshiped the beast. Now remember there's going to be a mark that's going to be set down. The mark of the beast. And the mark of the beast is Protestantism. And Catholicism and Protestantism will be joined together. Don't you never figure, friends, that communism and socialism will shut down all the churches all over the world. I know some of you are leaning that way. And the election and all the things that's going on, you're scared today. You need to get back into the message instead of listening to so many radio programs. The prophet of God never taught us any such thing. <laughs> oh, Brother Daniel, what about Biden? Oh, Brother Daniel, what about, what about? Forget Biden. Forget Putin. Forget this and that and the other. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Oh, but Brother Donnie, what about AOC? I ain't worried about AOC or COA. I'm more concerned about getting Donnie Reagan filled every fiber of my being full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, sir, do I. Am I concerned? Of course I'm concerned. Ain't you worried? I am not worried. Because my God still has all of this under his control. Hallelujah. Remember that beast that John saw rise up that had two horns. It did not rise up out of thickness and multitudes of people. But it was a beast that had two small horns which were civil and ecclesiastical power. And it spake as a lamb, but it was not a lamb. It was actually the American buffalo. Now, I've got the quote in front of me. 
John saw the American buffalo. And the prophet said, if you'll notice, he spake as a lamb, which meant he never become an old ram. He said, America will die a young nation. But she spake as a lamb initially, freedom of religion, all this and that and the other. Then she spake with the power of the beast. Now the dragon will unite Catholicism, all the ecumenical move of the world, it'll all join together. And they'll hunt down the foolish virgin like dogs. Praise the Lord, saints. But while that's going on on the earth, we'll be in the arms of our blessed Lord Jesus, enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. Don't you want to be ready? I heard Brother Bram saying it yesterday. He was preaching the little sermon leadership there to uh, the kids. It was actually a trailer meeting of Brother Shanta, something like that was a brother's name in Prescott, Arizona. And it was the young children and older ones, but Brother Bram was kind of broke it down on the level of the kids and he said, we're in an age, he said, when many of our kids know more about movie stars. He said, they turn on a certain television program and they know more about them movie stars than they do a Bible verse. I thought, you know, the sad thing about it is that same thing can now be said about some of not only our message kids, but our message adults. They know this and this and this about this Hollywood Disney character and they can tell you all the movies they played in. And I'll tell you one thing, you'd probably take their life for them to quote six scriptures word by word and get them right. And then we wonder why we ain't got no more power in our lives. Well, praise the Lord. Come on, saints, don't get quiet on me. We're gonna be under a spirit of one thing or another. Let's get under the spirit of the Lord Jesus. Not only under that, but let it get inside of us. Let it lead us. Let it guide us. Friends, I'm telling you, there's some great things happening among the bride. There's some great miraculous things that are going on. Brother Danny Steeman just posted a testimony this week of his sister that had cancer. That the doctors basically give her no hope of living. You know how Jesus likes to take those type of cases? <laughs> She's healed. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I believe if the Lord Jesus can get our hearts in unity in his word, we will see things like we have never seen before. But it'll take us willing. It'll take us being unified. Forget your little hair-splitting doctrine. Forget this little, let's get together as the people of God, as one body. Let's lay aside our little petty ideas and say, God, come among us. Bring healing, bring deliverance. Manifest yourself. If Satan is becoming so personified, look out here in the world, friends, why are people acting the way they are? Hell is becoming incarnate in human beings. Well, if hell is doing it, I can't keep from believing. Heaven don't want to do the same. Can you imagine Brother Branham said they took a picture of a Holy Ghost filled preacher laying his hands on somebody praying for him. And he said streaks of light went out of that man's hands on that person's head. That's what demons see 
when saints are praying. So why do you figure they would try to stop us from praying? Why do you figure they would try to stop us from getting together in the saints of God? They don't want that to happen. But if we want it to happen bad enough, it don't make a difference whether they don't want it to or not. I heard Brother Bram say it today, which one do you think has the most authority in heaven? A son of God or an angel? And he said, a son that is redeemed and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost has more authority in heaven. Think of it. You're not even in heaven. But you have more authority in heaven than an angel of God that has never even sinned. I don't blame the devil for trying to stop you. I don't blame him for trying to stop the men of God. But let me just give him an unfriendly reminder. We are unstoppable. We're made out of stuff that don't bluff. We're made out of stuff that don't quit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So while they are worshiping their resurrected head, we will be worshiping our resurrected head. When he appeared to John on Patmos and said, I am he that was dead, but I am alive forevermore. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. Father, I know that this is contrasting, really. It preaches such sad things about those that have moved into that realm of souls that are imprisoned already. They're not in fire, but they are held captive. Judas must have come to his senses. And he goes up to the priest that he had bargained with. He must have looked different, acted different. His soul had come back. The incarnation had dwindled away. And he said, I betrayed innocent blood. And they said, see that to you. That has nothing to do with us. So he took the money back, the very thing that he sold out for. He didn't want no more. So they buy a field. A field by the name of Akaladama. Akaladama. So there they bury the poor with a field by the name of the price of blood. Those who follow Judas' way will also go to the way of Akaladama. But those of us who go your way, they may bury us over here in Happy Valley Cemetery. They may bury us over in Churchill or over in Kingsport. But it's only a temporary home because we've already been buried in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Don't bury me in a Caledama. Bury me 
in Jesus Christ. And we will rise from the grave. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, if there's one here tonight, or one under the sound of my voice, they've not sold out. Lord, help us to see that the gospel comes in the same fashion as Satan's gospel does. The gospel strikes the mind, hoping to move to the second phase down into the heart. To be able to get the soul to reason with you, then that nature dies And then the seed is born to life from the soul and begins to express its nature from the soul out. The way that Satan must have dealt with Judas' mind, then he put in Judas' heart. Then Judas refused to turn down that evil, that wickedness. And Satan entered into him. Oh, Lord God, if there's any here tonight that's received the truth in their mind, they've received it, Lord, even in their heart. Lord God, May they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the incarnation of the Son of God. Fill us, Lord Jesus, I pray. We worship you tonight, Lord God. Help us, Father, that we can be faithful and true. Lord, though there's darkness around us, we will not fear. Though, Father, the clouds may roll in, And the thunder may roll. By faith we will look up and when we see the lightning flash. And the ragged, jagged immersion of light as it parts the darkness of the clouds. It lets us know there can be light in the time of great darkness. Hallelujah. Maybe we're only one prophecy away. Or two. Or three. Maybe they could happen so fast, Lord Jesus, that by in the morning at 7 o'clock, we could be stepping into new bodies. Lord, we don't know at what hour. Praise God. Maybe old Brother Stamper, well, not old Brother Stamper, but young Brother Stamper, will step into one of our living rooms. Our loved ones, Lord God. Hallelujah. We believe we are living that close, Lord. If we're able to read it on our apps, on our phone every day, and we see it happening so fast that it's almost unbelievable of the things that are happening all around us. Lord, the earth going through these cycles, these birth pains. Brother Tim texted me this evening, Lord, telling me, here they are down in Louisiana with two foot of snow. Garage buildings and other buildings collapsing in on people's cars because of all this. When the prophet was here, he talked about all the blackouts. And he said it was a spiritual symbol. Here we are, Lord, millions of people without power. Lord, how many more without Holy Ghost power? Oh, they're wanting their electricity on, and I want it on for them, Lord. Oh, but they're worrying and fret over their electricity. And yet they won't cry for no power in their soul. Lord God, we cry tonight for power in our soul, Lord. Not just power to run our toaster and our hair dryer and our our furnace and so on, but Lord God, power in our soul that'll take us to that other dimension. Help us, I pray, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many like to be remembered tonight before the Lord? God bless you, saints. Just hold your need, your request there in your heart. Oh my, I know it's not an easy time.
but don't be discouraged. Don't be saddened. I know you feel the oppression of the age, and many of you feel it. You've dealt with it. I've dealt with so many that's been depressed during this time of COVID, different parts of the world, prayed for so many over the phone and answered so many emails and texts. But friends, be encouraged. The Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. He'll lead you in the paths of righteousness. He'll lead you beside the still waters. Hallelujah, he will not forsake you. He will be with you. Hallelujah, his rod and his staff, they will comfort you. Yea, though you walk to the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for he is with you. Hallelujah, he loves you. He's not forgotten you during this time. Amen. Be strong. Be of good courage. The Lord God loves you. Hallelujah. Oh, can we worship him just a few minutes before we go? Father, we adore you tonight, Lord. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Would you come by this way tonight, Lord? Bring healing. Bring deliverance, Father. Not only for those in the visible audience, but those that are streaming. Lord, those that love to be here tonight, Father, but because of sickness and so on in their body, many of them still, Lord, trying to be watchful and careful about the COVID thing. Father, be mindful of them, would you, Lord, at home. Some of them haven't been able to be here, Lord, in months and months in church. Lord, we love them. We, we, we miss them, God, but I pray you'd go there to the home and help them, Father. Be an encouragement to them tonight, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father God. We bless your name with all of our hearts, Lord. While the world is coming under their headship, we want to come under ours. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. The prophet tells us you get your place in the church in the last days. Thank you, Lord. Come into our hearts. Come into our souls. Jesus, we worship you, Father. Can we just raise our hands in the presence of the King? Let's just worship Him just a little bit before we go. Oh, praise God. Let's enter into His, His courts with thanksgiving, into His gates with praise. Amen. Thank God, children, you're not blind tonight. Thank your hearts. Thank God your hearts haven't been turned over to a reprobate that you love wickedness more than you love truth. Thank God you didn't just receive a book or a tape but you receive the love of the truth. Amen. You haven't just received the Bible, but you receive the love of the Bible. Don't you love your Bible? Oh, don't you love the message of the hour? My, I'm so grateful for God sending it to us. But to me, it's more than a book. It's more than a tape. I received the love. I don't know what you heard when you heard that voice of that man, but I heard him describing my Lord Jesus in a way I'd never heard him before. Amen. You imagine on the back of that camel, Rebecca going for a month, traveling 450 miles on the back of that camel to marry a man she'd never seen before, to a man that she'd just heard about the day before, and here she is going on that journey. You reckon she's concerned about the shopping malls as I mentioned Sunday? You reckon she's concerned about how the layout of the land was? Wonder what she wanted to ask this man about. Eliezer, tell me about him. What kind of man is he? Is he a great man? Is he small? Is he large? What, 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 what kind of man is he? Brother Branham said it this way about that scenario. 
He said, I don't care if Jesus is dark. I don't care if his skin is light. I really don't care what color he is. He said, I love him so much. He said, I'll fall right down at his feet. Praise be to God. I'll tell you one thing, I don't care if Jesus is as black as my brother Fred Mullins. I don't care if he, he's the color of Brother Murphy Wong as a Chinese man. I don't care if he's as pale as the palest white man. I really don't care. Oh, I love him. I love him. I'm not marrying a skin color. Come on, saints. I'm not marrying a doctrine. I'm not marrying a theology. I am marrying a person. This is what this message has done for me. It has helped me to fall in love with Jesus Christ in a way that I never knew him before. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Eliezer, tell me more. What does Isaac really look like? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. We bless your holy name. Let's sing something together. Hey, can we just worship him just before we go? Well, all the world is coming together under the power, and it'll be like a stack of dominoes. All it'll take is one thing, and it'll just like that. It'll all fall. All the Middle East will come together. Every bit of it will happen, and it will happen so fast, and it'll already be done. No telling what's going on behind the scenes this very night. No telling how many deals our government has already made that we're totally unaware of. Hallelujah. But don't worry, Jesus ain't never lost one sheep. Sing something for us. Hey, let's just worship together. God bless you, saints. Don't you love him? Don't you love one another? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, draw me close. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. Closer, Lord. Closer, Lord. Yes, Lord God. Let this world around me let it fade.
little bit more before we go tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Do you remember what key we did shout to the Lord in? Jesus, my comfort, Lord, there is none like you, all of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty church tonight. Praise the Lord. So appreciate the Lord using our pastor. Let's just sing, let's just sing some more of that song as you go tonight. Just remember the services the weekend. Remember in prayer. And just let's just sing this as we go tonight. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. of your mighty love. 
a tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to Yeah.